Hi guys, welcome to another episode of our podcast, Inclusivity First. Today we have with us Maria. Hi Maria, Hi. how are you? I'm good, thank you. Uh, truly an honor to sit with you and talk about such dear topics to us. Uh, the way our podcast is structured is in the beginning, mm-hmm. we talk about your journey and then predominantly about DNI. Okay. Uh, so let's let's start with your journey. So Maria, tell us about your journey in a in one minute. My journey as a recruiting professional started... No, just generally. Just generally. Where, okay. where did you do your schooling from there onwards? <laughs> okay, I'm a pure and pure Bangalorean, uh, mm. but a Tamil-speaking Bangalorean. Mm. Um, I studied in Maruthi Vidyalaya, okay. which is like a three-minute away from my home. Oh, wow. My father was very protective about his wow. children. He said when the school bell rings, that's when you leave the home. Yes. Um, and I am um, in the space of recruiting for the last 20 plus years. Wow. Um, my husband works for Thought Work, uh, sorry, TCS. And I have two children, 14 and 4-year-old. Perfect. So now let's try to understand your journey. So if I'm not wrong, your education was also, other than your symbiosis piece, was in Bangalore. Yes. So let's talk a bit about your higher education. Uh, Which college you went to? What did you study? Okay. And what did you think you will do with that degree? And what did eventually happen? (laughs) I'm going to give you a big twist in the tale. Sure. (laughs) So I did my uh, 10... 10 plus 2, sorry, 10 plus 3, uh, which is after my 10th standard, I picked up a diploma course. Oh, really? Yes. Wow. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I'm a diploma holder. I did my diploma in secretarial mm-hmm. practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a story behind why I picked up diploma. Um, so I was born in a family with, uh, you know, three girls and one boy. Okay. And there was a huge pressure uh, on my parents because everyone in my family used to Come and tell my dad, oh my God, you have three girls. Mm. How are you going to manage? <laughs> yeah. So I used to feel, you know. And you were the younger one? Or I was the second one in the row. Okay. So I used to feel a little rebellious about that. I comment. like it. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, I want to go into a job that, sorry, a, a course that gives me a job immediately. Nice. So I started my career when I was 19. And uh, I figured out that mm. my education wasn't enough. So mm. I did my BCom through distance okay. and then I also did my post-graduation through distance. Tell me one thing right and might be a bit off topic. A lot of people who have done distance education now when they look back in time they sometimes feel they lack that college camaraderie, that real college friendship, having fun, those circles that you build. Do you ever feel that? Uh, not really. Mm-hmm. Um, I say that because uh, my my passion was to basically break that you know thought process within my family. Um, very so focused, my, very focused. Yes, yes. my motivation was mm. that I want to prove a point to my family who feels mm. that girls are a burden in the house, mm. right? Uh, so I really thoroughly enjoyed, you know, my work life as well. So my first job was with Michael. Uh, I joined as an apprentice. What was this company? Uh, Michael Bosch. Oh, Michael Bosch. The Bosch. manufacturers of... Okay, okay, okay. Right. So I joined the manufacturing unit actually okay. as an apprentice. And then I moved into, uh, you know, an accounts job. And then I moved into a networking job because I was trying to figure out what is a good profession. Mm, mm. Um, and then I came by uh, recruiting by chance. How, how did um, that happen? My sister, my elder sister. This is which year we are talking about? 2008. 2008, okay. yes. Yeah. Mm. So my sister wasn't recruiting mm. and she said, Nancy, why don't you give this a try? Uh, mm. I am known by my name, Nancy, more mm. than Maria. Mm. Um, so she said, why don't you give that a try? I said, but why do you think I should like it? Mm. <laughs> she said, give it a try. 
and i got into recruiting my first job was to hire for banks mm. and uh, you know financial services this was via consultancy yes. how was this i joined inx okay. uh, it was a consultancy company mm. and i used to head out this was way back okay. when nokri was the only platform available right, for recruiters right, right, right. so we used to do a lot of head hunting calls mm. um very interesting uh, because i could build my network through that kind of conversations mm. and i was able to switch from bfsi hiring to it hiring through those connections tell me one thing right uh, till this part of your career you were predominantly doing not the most high level kind of work yes and you were the kind of people you were talking to were average mid level employees now suddenly you start talking to leadership level people yes how was that change and i'm sure in the beginning you must have done some level of you know mistakes Absolutely. so how did what tell us a couple of mistakes you did what did you learn out of it i was working with this uh, you know company in whitefield and uh, um it was a, a it software development they were your client no i was working there okay. i was an employee of okay. that company okay. and um, uh, that particular day i had to take my sister with me because she was interviewing with a you know, another company in that uh, same locality and i took her with me to my desk um and my hr head saw me with my sister you know beside me right yeah. and she said you're not supposed to do this we are you know you're supposed to maintain confidentiality yeah, um and i i felt horrible after mm-hmm. that right uh, i thought i had made a big blunder mm. and typically the way i learn from my mistakes is i actually write down what mistake i made really where do you write it down <laughs> in my journal i write down wow. what happened with who uh, you should have gotten the journal wow yeah. and then i i look at you know if i have to get into mm. a similar situation mm-hmm. tomorrow mm. what would i do differently mm. wow right so, so uh, now if you look at your career right now you get into recruiting and recruiting if i'm not wrong till that time that age was still not considered as uh, intellectual as it is now now recruiting is looked at as human capital yes that time they were like hr mm. matlab you know what i mean right like yes, the yes. psychology was bit <laughs> not that <laughs> not that respectful yes so when you got there yes uh, did you in the beginning feel that uh, recruiting is not as you know uh, as easy as they say it is it is not so simple yes it is very strategic yes. did you feel that yes uh a number of times ragav thanks mm. for asking that question mm. uh, right so um for me uh, recruiting was not recruiting it was hr mm. right like like how ankita was sharing with me right. recruiting is a very small part of human resources yeah. so when i wanted to pick up recruiting two things that struck to me was hr means people you know find it to be like you know some person with power with so mm. much power right so i will be popular i will be valued i will be respected that's what was my first driver and the second driver was it was to do with hiring numbers targets and yeah. that gave me a kick really so when my sister incentives also <laughs> incentives also <laughs> yes <laughs> i wouldn't deny that and there was a point in time when i made so much money through incentives that you know my salary was lesser than wow <laughs> so when my sister introduced me to recruiting these were the two things that were motivations for me to try it out um and honestly after i got into the space right the kind of perspectives i heard from people was like oh my god did i choose something that's so terribly wrong mm. people used to say what do you do you do mm. just you know Co- passing papers uh, or, you know you're just coordinating things right, right? Mm. and um, my own husband when he met me for the first time he said this was which year 
uh, this was in 2007 that uh, okay. the year that i got married and hmm. you know we were just figuring out you know the alliance and yes. part of it yes. and we were doing this introduction and i introduced myself and he said oh my god you talk like a hr <laughs> so hr for people meant that these are people who have good communication skills who can present themselves well who can sell something well and that's about it right, <laughs> right. so <laughs> lot of mindset shift right, right? Mm. and today recruitment is such a strategic thing mm. when i speak about recruitment to my um, team or even to my leadership right i always talk about it as this is a strategic partnership mm. this is not about filling numbers this is not about meeting your requirements right. which are always open as of yesterday right so I was, this is about i was reading about this right so what happened from the 2008 crash was that the overall world economy bounced back from 2009 and 2010 onwards mm. and when that happened technology started getting adopted yes. with technology more efficiency started coming in yes. things started scaling up and talent became a war yes. and that's when recruitment slowly started getting the respect they needed correct and now we after covid recruitment was the most important function in any organization yes. you look at yes. so uh, now let's let's take a step back right now when you start as a recruiter i'm sure the as you said the base salary and the incentives were two different things correct and if i'm not wrong the base salary would not be that great yes. that time and again when you start a career you are not sure about incentives so a lot of people who start their career in recruiting in ta bulk of the compensation comes from incentives correct but they are feeling as if that will not happen and they choose options which are safer hmm. with a higher fixed and low incentives but what we have seen is people with who, re, who really make money make me an incentives yes. so what what is your advice to those people who are deciding between fixed incentives how should they do their math yeah this happens in the sales profession also right? yeah. there is Gee. a fixed variable there is a uh, fixed component and a fair, right. you know variable component um so i have I have two perspectives to this right one is um through incentives um you you are getting incentivized for delivering your job right i could be contradicting myself in this mm. <laughs> in this response uh, but rag of to be honest Gee. right um when i was a recruiter and i used to get incentive it was a great motivation for me right because um it told me how much work i am doing yeah it was so tangible right if i made more money through incentives i am a great performer as simple as that yeah. right but on the other side um uh, and and this comes more from my experience with thoughtworks is that incentives is also very i think short term motivation mm. right if you're passionate about something why would you wait for an incentive mm. to to make mm. your passion come true right like uh, recently a friend of mine um, was trying to get some inputs from me on how do we do diversity hiring mm. and i was talking to him about some of the plans that we right. make and he said how do you motivate your recruiters to do diversity hiring i said why should you motivate mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right it is something that we care about and we should do it right says oh it doesn't work like that in my company we have mm. to make sure that you know when they make a diversity hire they get a higher incentive i said oh okay that's not what we do here mm. people gen- genuinely care about it and they want to do it because it's the right thing to do not because it gives you a certain incentive hmm so makes sense so now let's look at your career in recruiting you start a first job you move around couple of companies then we realize that in a span of 3 or 4 years you land this very impressive very important role at thoughtworks mm-hmm. how did that happen and that was a very shift up yes and usually everyone in their career 
has that one pivotal moment which changes the gears yes and it is also you know it's also a gamble yes because it's if it goes wrong then there that opportunity is gone for the life yes so what happened tell us this thought works job yeah uh, how did you get it and while you were do starting up what were some of your apprehensions yeah so 11 years ago hmm. um when i was interviewing for thoughtworks mm-hmm. my uh, my experience was great because the kind of conversations we were hmm. having through interviews was really really good right but interestingly no recruiter interviewed me acha yes wow <laughs> i interviewed with no recruiter you wow. know from the organization every person that i met was either from you know the staffing leadership or the office leadership or you know somebody from the leadership hmm. um and I was actually in in a dilemma. I was like, these people are not asking me anything about recruiting. How will they hire me, right? Mm. Um, but it turned out to be, you know, very very meaningful after I joined the organization because the philosophy of hiring is about, you know, do you have the right attitude? Mm. Do you have the right aptitude? Do you, mm. you know, are you are, are you demonstrating, right. you know, that that promise that right. are you authentic? You know, mm. I. integrity yeah, right yeah. Th- this is the philosophy on which thought works hires hmm. so and i figured out that you know this place worked out to me for the best if you if you looked at my linkedin profile <laughs> you would know that any organization have not stayed for more than 18 months maximum 24 months mm-hmm. microsoft is the longest <laughs> before thought works um, and microsoft so because i worked in bangalore and hyderabad both hmm. thought works i've spent 11 years well. and the reason i'm here is that you know every day we are talking about what is the right thing to do on one side and what is ambitious for us mm. as individuals as organization mm. and i've seen that growth you know professionally for me happen so seamlessly like mm. i haven't i never felt stressed out doing my mm. job at thoughtworks every morning is like can i go to office today wow. you know? it's that kind of a feeling which uh, which keeps me going here mm. and many thought workers that i interact with are always genuinely interested in helping you grow mm. um you know they are giving you feedback on your face not to criticize right but just to help you improve but do you ever feel that you stayed in an organization for 11 years uh, and a lot of people feel that sometimes again you grew very well there's no question about it but sometimes you feel your potential could have been higher if you jumped jobs never felt that amazing i i actually jumped so many jobs before thoughtworks mm. and and i never got to do what i want to do hmm. um i think um here the flexibility is upon that individual right i as an individual can figure out what i want to do hmm. and you get that support to do what you want to do so um for example right now i'm the you know head of uh, recruiting for thoughtworks ji um and i'm already thinking about you know what should i be doing next right and i have this really crazy idea when i talk about this idea to a lot of leaders in thoughtworks all i'm hearing from them is yeah if you're interested go for it what is the idea <laughs> <laughs> not public yet <laughs> so no. when you joined thoughtworks how many people were there and now how many people are there in, in thoughtworks in india thoughtworks india we were 1200 when i joined and now we are at 5000 wow that's yeah. a very big yeah. that's a lot of people that's a lot of people for an organization like thoughtworks it's a lot of people because we've always you know uh, uh, looked at organic growth hmm. um recently we've made some acquisitions but early uh, days we were always looking at growing organically and hmm. hiring was uh, never like a you know precious and job like we didn't have a hmm. goal that we had to chase and make sure that we hire people and so on and so forth hmm. so we've been very um very deliberate about how we want to hire who we want to hire hmm. and we of course have scaled but then there's been a method to that mm-hmm. whole madness as well mm-hmm. so may i tell us one thing right like now i'm talking to you i am 
कन्फ्यूज्ड अबाउट वन थिंग आई हैव अ फीलिंग दैट यू आर अ वेरी गुड यू नो नेटवर्कर बट वाइल आई एम टॉकिंग टू यू आई ऑल्सो फील यूर अ बिट रिजर्व यू डोंट लाइक जस्ट गो आउट एंड मीट एवरी वन सो वॉट इज योर टेक ऑन नेटवर्किंग आर आर यू अ गुड नेटवर्कर I'm not. Yes. <laughs> How did you figure that? I out? could just talk to you and just <laughs> see that you know, like yeah. if someone opens up, you open up, but you are not, you are a reserved person, mm. right? So, in talent acquisition, don't you feel networking is very critical? I used to feel that for very long time, Raghav. Right. Right. I'm an introvert. Right. Uh, I'm an 87% introvert. That's what MBTI tells me. <laughs> <laughs> right now, you are that other 13%. <laughs> yes. Um, but um i have also seen that you know mm. most of the people in the recruiting profession right. are mm. introverts mm. i don't know if that's coincidence okay. but uh, we were running this mbti for mm. our team um, mm. a couple of years ago and mm. then majority of the people in the room were introverts mm. um so i feel i think um networking is important mm. um for for me for example i'm happy to have conversations that are deep and meaningful deep. i don't enjoy small talks Makes so much sense. Hmm. So I think that's 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 what networking is about, right? If you are able to engage in hmm. a deep, meaningful conversation, you are building your network. Hmm. So going by that, I assume that there have been few people in your professional journey that have really impacted you, uh, that sort of like role models or sort of like mentors. Would you like to name a few who have impacted you in your prof- professional journey? Professional journey, uh, actually, many people. Uh, Uh, as a as a person uh, i learn i learn from observing people and you know hmm. uh, looking at their journeys and so yeah. on uh, i think f- my father okay. that's the first person right. i learned a lot right. from he's tell no us a more. bit about him tell us a bit about him um he's no more with us hmm. um but um he's somebody who always was an inspiration hmm. uh, for me because every time my family used to say oh my god you have three girls how are you going to hmm. do this he would say you know i they, they are my eyes you know like hmm. and i would go and joke with him to say papa you have two eyeballs you don't have to can be enough so he he's my first hmm. uh, role model uh, he's always been a very positive person hmm. uh, i drew a lot of optimism from him today uh, i am an optimist myself hmm. right hmm. like and and i overplay that too much hmm. so when people come to me with a problem i always look at you know hey but the glass is half full hmm. can we talk about that and can we you know solutionize for that hmm. so he he's he's been there uh, all through my journey um i switched so many jobs before being a recruiter and he was there to support me hmm. uh support my passion as well although he said don't do dance <laughs> he said you right. should right. you know he always told me that hmm. you know you are you know uh, you have to be a so very progressive man yes. from that time on- yes. onwards yes wow um and you know th- the next person that i want to talk about is my sister because she she i think somehow she knows me so well what does she do by the way uh, she is a recruiting professional oh okay yeah. nice yeah. nepotism she works for stan <laughs> 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 yes sorry sorry <laughs> Yeah, I talk, um, I, anyways, it's my, my my sister referred me, and I could step into corporate now. <laughs> mm. She she is she works for Standard Chartered. Okay, wow. Oh, okay. Standard Chartered. Yeah. Mm. Um, and and today when I ask her, you know, what do you see me become in my in in future? She tells me the things that I'm already thinking about. Mm. So I think that's the connection. <laughs> she mm. somehow gets it. So you talk to her, you bounce your ideas with her yes. frequently. Yes. So how often do you like? Because what I've seen is, and I don't know why I've seen this in Bangalore. 
because people are too professionally oriented sometimes they their siblings they're they're not that strong with their siblings i don't know why i have seen that it's a com right. it's a observation right. and when i talk to you you are very family knit close knit with your family so why why do you think that is <laughs> um i should say i'm not um I don't talk to her on a daily basis not on a weekly basis it's once in a while mm. but then she is my go to person when I'm stuck because mm. um she has worked with a lot of um consulting companies not corporates mm. consulting companies where I feel the jobs of recruiters are tougher mm. in a corporate you have that space you have that leeway not in a consultancy because for you a closure means revenue right so she is a great recruiting professional mm. who I keep bouncing my ideas with and um it's very recently she joined standard chartered so mm. um she has been in the space of consulting for almost you know 25 years wow. my god <laughs> my Shit. goodness yeah and very recently just about a year ago she no. moved to we should invite chartered. her for a podcast so now have the tables turned you also help her out in terms of you know she yes. also bouncing her ideas with you yes yes perfect so one is your dad one is sister anyone yes. else um there are a lot of people who keep inspiring me um so i uh, you know like every day right like i take inspiration from my team as well hmm. uh, the people that you know uh, are my team members are my um um doers on the hmm. on the thing right so uh, i think um i admire you know uh, the kind of uh, skills that they are able to bring to the table hmm. like for example there's a colleague of mine who's super assertive right like and super straightforward i am not <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes i can um, she's rakhi kulkarni okay. uh, she co-heads you know talent acquisition oh, uh, with me nice. so we both pair in pair for this job hmm. Um, bad good cop bad cop <laughs> <laughs> yes yes and we discuss that very openly right. with each other we right. say hey in this particular conversation i think you have you know better strengths than i so you be the right. you know person <laughs> taking and leading this conversation hmm. so uh, we picked up this role together in hmm. october she works out of the pune office we've never met face to face really <laughs> after we picked up this role okay. uh, but we've been you know pairing very well okay. um, and and doing what we are supposed Amazing. to do you're like friends Mm. Yes. Nice. She's she's also been a long time thought worker. She spent about thirteen years in thought works. I think thought works has that culture. I was also looking at the attrition levels. Yeah. They're very low compared to other concerns. Very low. Yes. And that's primarily due to the culture, right? Yes. I think uh, people feel um, comfortable because mm. they have the autonomy to do things their way. Mm. Uh, they have felt heard. They feel safe. Um, mm. Like, I joined thought works as a diploma holder, right? Like. Yeah. I was not judged for my yes. background yes. for my qualification. Mm. There have been companies that uh, did not process my profile because I didn't have a professional degree. So ThoughtWorks is, you know, a slightly different and people feel more connected and they resonate with the principles and values mm. that ThoughtWorks follows more than mm. um, some organizations. So mm. I think that's where the tenure and, you know, mm. longevity plays. Okay. So if you look at your career, right? It's been like what 18 to 20 years. 20 plus 20 plus years in those 20 plus years what do you think were one or two very smart things you did that you're really happy you did wapsi i'll tell you why um, so wapsi so okay wapsi is a women returnee program okay. that thought works runs okay. uh, we first did this program in 2014 uh, we've done about 26 technical training programs through wapsi and uh, 
500 odd participants actually wow. um, and hired also uh, hired yeah. also about 130 plus people um, so something that we did in 2021 uh, Wapsi has been a long running program if you just notice the uh, legacy of Wapsi mm -hmm. right? but in 2021 um, uh, I pitched this idea of why should we give internships to everyone mm -hmm. that completes the program why, why do we not just hire them on full time mm -hmm. employment mm -hmm. And so if you look at the concept of people who have been on a career break is that they have, I mean, the industry thinks that they don't have the required skills mm -hmm. um, and they will not be able to perform to their fullest capacity because they have priorities back at home. They've been on a mm -hmm. break, which means, you know, they had a, you know, they had a reason to be right. on a break. Mm -hmm. right? So, so they feel like, you know, maybe they will not be able to 100% perform. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and we keep challenging ideas our own ideas also yes. so in 2021 we said you know not every person might need an internship mm. let's give full-time opportunity to them mm. right but still provide them the same support right support in terms of mentorship support in terms of flexibility and whatever they might G need G right to be successful it worked very well for us mm -hmm. um we made better conversions as a talent acquisition professional, for me, conversions matter. Although we don't, you know, ask WAPSI uh, participants to commit to a job at ThoughtWorks, we say that you go ahead and apply yes. elsewhere if you feel like. Sure. But, uh, you know, as someone from recruiting, you know, it worked so well for our, uh, you know, talent acquisition strategy because we got better conversions. Mm. And we've seen also through WAPSI, the retention is far, far better mm -hmm. because they have a certain connection, right? They've been at a certain stage in li their life where they felt low on confidence and mm -hmm. you have that platform for them to gain that confidence, mm -hmm. upskill themselves and then, mm -hmm. you know, succeed so well. Wow. So they have that connection and mm -hmm. we've seen that the retention with WAPSI participants has been very high. So Maria, if we had to ask you uh, one mistake in your career that if you would go back and not repeat, what would that mistake be? Okay, so so there was this one time when um, I was working on an offer. Okay. Um, it was an offer for my own team member. And um, um, I think there were a lot of things going on at that point in time and I was maybe feeling a little stressed. So the mistake I did was instead of sending it just to that person, the offer was supposed to be getting rolled out to this person in my team who was on a contractual role and we were converting that person into a full-time employee. Mm -hmm. So he was already in the system with a ThoughtWorks um, you know, email ID and so on. So I had to send this internally to right. them. Instead of sending just to that person, I sent it to the entire team. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Big blunder, big blunder. Did you have to increase salaries of the whole team? <laughs> we had to, you know, do a lot of discussions around that <laughs> because um, there were a lot of people who started to compare, hey, this person is, you know, getting uh, so much. And, yeah. So we had to, you know, manage a lot of that conversation. Um, but we didn't have to do any correction because we had a reason as to why we were, hmm. I mean, pa although we say, you know, um, Salaries are confidential, Indeed. right? In this scenario, I had let it out in the open. Yeah. But we had a reason to stick to that because there was a parity angle and oh, we really? had to maintain that parity mm. angle even after that incident. Mm. So Very nice. <laughs> that's, a, that's a very big blend, I can imagine. <laughs> uh, perfect. So, Maria, one final question. Uh, if a 23, 24-year-old person who's starting in talent acquisition, they're looking at this podcast one piece of advice you would want to tell them that they should follow? Um, I think with the technology disruption, um, mm. I think it's always advisable to keep uh, yourself updated. That's mm -hmm. one. And mm -hmm. two, to be aware of what disruption it could bring mm -hmm. to the job that you're doing. Right. Um, and 
although you know there is a lot of ai that's been talked about and the disruption it can create and the redundancy that it can bring in i feel like that ai is something that will augment and get you become hmm. more productive hmm. so do not have that block explore hmm. learn more about it see how hmm. you can bring that hmm. you know to ad- be advantageous for you hmm. right like for example if you're a recruiter who is figuring out how to build a boolean string Hmm. You can work with ChatGPT, I suppose, to yeah. <laughs> create a boolean string <laughs> and get that? your job done. What is a boolean string? Boolean string is a key, a, a string that you build on platforms like Nokri hmm. okay. to search okay, okay, for okay. candidates. Add, okay, okay, okay. Add, okay. Got it, got it. Perfect. I think this was very, very interesting. Straight from the heart conversation, and both on a personal front as well as on a DNI front. Hmm. I think a lot of learnings for people who are listening and watching this. So thank you so much, Maria, for taking out your time. Really appreciate. Thank you very much for Thank having you. me. Thanks for your. Thank you, Thank Ankita. You Thank coming. you. Perfect. Hi, welcome to another episode of Inclusivity First. Today we have Maria Nancy with us and Maria Nancy is one of the greatest diversity and inclusion advocate in India. She has been working with ThoughtWorks for all over 11 years now. That's right. And Maria is an incredible resource for you all. to learn about diversity and inclusion recruitment thank you maria for coming to our show thank really you for having to me see here. here uh maria first we start with the elevator pitch sure you have 60 seconds tell our audience about yourself hi everyone uh, my name is maria nancy i work at thoughtworks i'm a mother of two a 14 year old and a 4 year old so i have an exciting phase of my career right now at home and at work uh, i also head talent acquisition for thoughtworks india and i've been here doing some good work in the diversity hiring space that is wonderful so apart from your profession maria what all you do i love dance mm. uh, i learned bharatanatyam for quite some time and uh, when i have time i passionately go and you know do that <laughs> <laughs> in close doors of course uh, i didn't have the opportunity to pursue but um, if if i got a chance mm. and if i probably have enough money to fund my dance career i mm. would do that what are your thoughts on work life balance for people i think uh, it's all about planning and prioritizing i have gone through a bit of a struggle with that in mm. my early career mm. but over years and over experience i've learned to you know manage time uh, mm. prioritize family and work both for example when i was pregnant with my first child i decided to take a break it was very deliberate uh, a one year break with my child and at that time i prioritized my family and then when i wanted to come back i prioritized my career so uh, creating a support system around you and having the right um, you know opportunity to 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 go after where mm. you enjoy being there doing it i think matters as well so as you mentioned you yourself took a break uh, which was your choice yes. uh, have you faced the same things that people are facing right now when they come back from break or your company supported you with the sabbatical so the first pregnancy i took a proper break i quit my job and i came with my second pregnancy uh, it was just the maternity break that i took mm. uh, because i was in thoughtworks i had the <laughs> privilege to do that uh, for the first break i went through some struggle uh, both personally and professionally so much so that when i was attending interviews after my break i was so nervous so low on, low on confidence mm. um, after i you know left the interview room it mm. felt like okay this job is not for me <laughs> i did really so bad at it yeah. uh, but i had it uh, it was alcatel lucent that i joined mm. great opportunity to 
you know, for a comeback person like me, because I got to work with my ex-manager, um, my manager at Microsoft, who sort of understood my skills, my capabilities, and I didn't have to prove everything all over again. So see, you got a support from an ally who was looking forward to mentor you and bring you to the next level. A lot of uh, women who take break, they don't get this lucky as you, yes. I would say. Yes. Because the struggle that they really go through while coming back from work. Yeah. Would you like to highlight that? What are the struggles of women returning? And how all these managers who are at this moment taking interviews be beyond going to their personal capacity, how they can support the woman returning? I would start with saying, um, ask as many so what questions <laughs> as possible. From my experience, uh, for example, at Vapasi, uh, that that's the returning program we do at ThoughtWorks. Mm. Um, there have been so many so what's and it's amazing actually. Uh, every trainer that goes into uh, the Vapasi training batch is like, so what if you have a break? Right. Okay. It starts with that. Right. Okay. Um, the aim that we go with mm. when we run a Vapasi program is not to teach them technical stuff. Okay. It's to teach them how to keep up their confidence, how mm. to feel, you know, more ready through their own self-confidence. Because you've written code for so many years. It's it, with a five year break, for mm. example, you can't forget coding. Mm. Right. You might have to upskill yourself with the latest but it's not possible that you forget coding all over. So we build confidence through our program and uh, there is mentorship, there is support, there is, uh, there is of course, some nuances to you know coding mm. practices mm -hmm. and best practices with coding. But more than that, I think it's the support and the network that they get to build mm. and get confidence from. Okay, a million dollar question. You have, your organization have already reached a point where you are focusing on all these things that we just mentioned. Yes. But what will happen if an organization is just taking baby steps and how to build that culture in that management or hiring team that they are sensible towards a woman returnee? How a company can take step one, step two, step three? Yeah. Um, step one, uh, just believe in their past work experience. Okay. Like when I was returning from my work, uh, from my break, sorry, mm. uh, the first thing I wanted to hear from the other person is you can do it. And I got that confidence from <laughs> okay. my ex-manager, Okay, right? Believe in their past experience. They mm. have a lot of work experience that they can bring to the table. And the next thing is uh, also, you know, believe in their potential. Okay. If they have had a break, right? Uh, it's not that they've forgotten how to learn things quickly. They, they have the potential, they have the learnability hmm. you know, to pick up new skills, to pick up new trends, right? And third thing is give them opportunities, you know, give them the support. Hmm. Um, for me, example, um, you know, when we run Vapasi program, there are a lot of participants who come back and say, look, I so want to do this program, but I don't have the support at home. Okay. Right. And we get into coaching conversations with them. It's not our job to do that. Coaching but as in their families or with them, the individuals? With the individuals. With okay. the individuals to understand what are they going through, right? What are they really, you know, what is important for them, hmm. right? Some people are so passionate about getting back to work, okay. right? And they just need that little nudge, little little push, right? And we are that, you know, sounding board for them. <laughs> they discuss with us what their personal constraints are and we tell them, you know, you could do this. Okay. You could do that. Right. Okay. And we also put them in touch with some alumni from the program who have joined us as FTEs to say, hear from them as to what their stories are, how they overcame their challenges. Okay. Right. So we put them through a lot of those personal journeys with other people that gives them that, you know, space to be there, mm -hmm. you know, be 
be in it go through that grind there mm-hmm. is a little bit of teething problems with family also uh, for me personally right i had to really put up a fight with my family to say it's okay for my one year old to be without a mom all day <laughs> i need to go back to work so for some it's it's that push is really really needed and i would say you know if organizations if interviewers hiring mm-hmm. managers can give that little space uh-huh. they would all be awesome so i have heard about uh, imposter syndrome a lot about women returning or a woman in general who go to work they face this what are your opinion and how a organization can work on removing that i think one of the best ways to do that is you know provide the opportunity to upskill hmm. um and give a safe space for them to try things out fail if needed okay um uh the wapsi program that we run for example it is a 6 week training program and they don't learn coding all day they learn little bits of mm. fundamentals and you know best practices of coding and they then work on assignments and at the end of it they actually work on a project, project. where they get to experience working with other QAs other BAs on the team other developers on the team and then if it means that they are learning by failing yeah. we allow for that to happen after the training program they go through an internship as well okay. where they are put in a client project okay they are talking to you know senior stakeholders maybe it is the you know project team stakeholders or the client stakeholders hmm. they are really in the job and there is cover for them yeah uh, we have mentors on the project we have coaches we have trainers who they have very good rapport with hmm. i've seen a lot of people actually go back to the trainers and say this is what is going on on my project what can i do right so they have that kind of you know um, um support support around yeah. to succeed okay so uh, for the users here or the viewers here uh, we well, i wanted to share the wor- work and the journey of thoughtworks actually thoughtworks have been doing a lot of work in diversity and inclusion space i would say they were the early ones to step into this they have been doing incredible work for people with disabilities people from the lgbtq community and women returnees they have a lot of re- paper released for other companies to learn as well they have been collaborating with iams to release a lot of research paper which can help you learn in your organization how you can implement such things as we are learning from maria today apart from that as we have seen before section 377 a lot of companies couldn't come in front and support people from the community because they were worried about the legalities but uh, thoughtworks have been one of the kind organization who have been doing work before uh, we got decriminalized so a uh, kudos to what all you have pulled off so far uh, i have great friends for thoughtworks i have heard great feedback from yeah. all of them so as we spoke about women returning i wanted you to shed some light on Uh, about the people from the lgbtq community what all thoughtworks have done and how any organization can do better for their inclusion absolutely i think um, our journey in that space started pretty pretty early uh, uh, not so formally of course but okay. there were some thought workers who came uh, to share that you know they feel very unsafe you know living in india hmm. and they wanted you know a movement to thoughtworks us and we made those moves possible so that's how early we started our journey in that space and then later it slowly evolved we've learned along the way a lot of things so we've tried to uh, do a couple of things there one is you know be a little more cognizant of hmm. the real challenges that people from the lgbtq plus community go through and be sort of you know sensitive to that not just you know by by sort of you know talking about it but by internalizing it mm. right so we've run a lot of uh, sessions within thoughtworks mm. sensitization sessions inclusive mm. workshops 
to help people understand and be aware of you know what it means and we've hired also people from the lgbtq plus yeah. community in software developer roles uh, <laughs> that was possible because um, we could do uh, interning with pride program uh, which is basically a technical training program uh-huh. for people from the lgbtq plus community so uh, as you spoke just about interning with pride so you are the one who select these candidates to in, uh, intern or if any person from the lgbt community who wants some upskilling can they join your program interning with pride so what we do is uh, when we run these programs we call for people to apply for these programs they okay. have to register okay uh, the criteria is that they you know there is a basic criteria they need to be aware of software fundamentals of mm. programming but they also need to you know register for this program by sharing their identity mm. with us because mm-hmm. this is exclusively for the lgbtq plus community okay so one Once they join the program, they go through a two-month uh, training okay. followed by a two-month internship. Okay. However, at the end of the program, it is an opportunity for them to either explore opportunities at ThoughtWorks as full-time employees, or you know, explore opportunities outside of ThoughtWorks as well. So there so is no commitment as no such commitment. that they have to. Yes. They have to be with you. Yeah. But I would say, as you said, software developers, right? Um, privileged people or the ones who are having access to software yes. education or education because software developer mostly they are from science yes i have hardly seen my friends who are queer mm. being uh, be having science as a subject and they have been an engineer i've seen very less techies in yeah. pride community who are out and talking about it would you want to shed some light on the skill gap between the wapsi program once they reach wapsi program mm. and what is your shortlisting if in case a candidate is not as per yeah. they don't know coding a lot because they couldn't yeah, yeah. what do you do for such candidates yeah there are two two aspects to your question one is uh, for software developers mm. right when we ask for them to apply for a tech training program we assess for their basic coding skills do okay. you know to write code okay that's all um so we give a short coding puzzle and mm. we try and understand are they able to write code to solve that problem okay. and then we actually sit down to understand how they go about solving that problem what is mm. the thought process what is the approach that they use that's pretty basic mm. right and then once they come into the program they learn the other nuances of software development mm. of course you know through the training program we do put assessment criteria okay. we don't hire everybody that goes through the internship we put an assessment criteria to say are they eligible to come into thoughtworks as an intern mm. because they will be on a project delivering to certain expectations also the same for an if however we assess very basic coding skills and then help them upskill okay right and internship and you know ft is a later part of the thing okay people who attend the program go back with a great learning experience because they have learned and upskilled themselves to a next level now the second aspect that i want to share is for people from the lgbtq plus community and through interning with pride we hmm. saw that we were able to hire a lot of people from the community but not from the trans community okay because the kind of privileges that they have <coughs> and access to education right is lgbt actually lgbt has some certain lesbian bisexual or yeah. Yes, they have certain privileges, yeah, but yeah. not the trans community. Yeah. So we worked with a partner, Periphery, yeah. where we engaged with them to give the opportunity of pre-training. Hmm. Right. So they are at a certain level already, hmm. and then they come through the IWP and go through the rest of the training program. Okay. So it is a longer investment of time, but the idea was to how can we encourage more trans people hmm. to also sort of you know. 
have an entry point through this program mm -hmm. and eventually get hired at ThoughtWorks. Okay. Um, we were able to hire a few people from the trans community as well through IWP. That is wonderful. I mean, uh, from learn, from understanding the gap in market and actually hiring. So, uh, this program is an internship. You pay them. What? Yes. So, if a person from right community, what all facilities that ThoughtWorks give during this training program? They definitely get a stipend, mm. um, and after they come into NFT role. It is in parity with the other, you know, early careers, okay. uh, as we call them, either a graduate consultant or a consultant. So at the part that they get assessed, they get the, you know, similar package. Mm. But through the four-month internship, they do get a stipend. It is wonderful. So anyone who's from the Pride community looking for opportunities, then definitely uh, yes. get a chance to upskill themselves, not opportunity. Like sometimes we feel a skill gap. I think a lot of people are doing such wonderful job, like Futurins is doing such a great job. And yeah. I heard your story. It's, it's wonderful. I wanted to know about the persons with disability actually, the space yeah. of people with disability. Yeah. Uh, how an organization can be equipped with all spectrum disability. There's such yeah. biases in disability as well. Hey, I yeah. can just host locomotor disability with a, with a limp. Yeah. Or I can just hold, uh, host a person who is visually impaired just because of their accessibility issues. Yeah. Can you break down some points how an organization can be inclusive of all the spectrum of yeah the disabilities to be honest Ankita mm. I think we are still learning okay we, we are in the very very early stages we've had a bunch of people uh, that we hired through uh, different career fairs <coughs> and mm. partnerships, mm -hmm. of course. But we don't feel, you know, very uh, experienced yet. Okay. So, in fact, now, you know, as leadership, we are actually thinking about, you know, do we need to think about the larger uh, ecosystem? You know, what kind of uh, accessibility mm. uh, we need to provide for them mm -hmm. and support that, mm -hmm. that, that they might need mm -hmm. right, before we go ahead and hire more people from okay. the community. So we've had people uh, with, of course, uh, uh, you know, disabilities around visual impairment, uh, you know, ab about they've been in the locomotive uh, disability as well. But I wouldn't say that we've done a lot of work there yet. However, one thing that we are deliberate and intentional about is, you know, getting our space assessed for accessibility. Okay. We are looking at, you know, if there's a new office build out, we are making sure that, you know, there is accessibility that is provided uh, and taken care of as okay. part of the build out. And uh, for example, the Bangalore office in Koramangla is not as accessible. So we are trying to get the space assessed and look at, you know, some improvements to make mm. sure that we are making small steps uh, in that area. We went to uh, Bhuvaneshwar for a campus, campus mm. hire and we sort of, you know, interviewed this person uh, and there was a big challenge, right? They were in their wheelchair and mm. we were like, if we hired this person, what would that what would what would it look like for our space in Koramangla? And then we reached out to the admin team and the one beautiful thing about ThoughtWorks is everything is a collective effort. Mm. So when we interviewed this person, when we felt that this person is going to be a great thought worker, we reached out to the admin team to say, what can we do to have this person on okay. board? And the space was made accessible for mm. that individual. And we had that person working with us for over two years and contribute really immensely to projects. We make things happen, even <laughs> if you're not ready for it. And that's the beauty of the organization because the leadership is totally bought into the whole aspect of diversity and inclusion. Mm. It's part of our DNA and it's, it's so important uh, that we also set goals for us. Last year, for example, we wanted to be 40% women in tech. Okay. And we achieved that goal. Uh, we, we sort of made an announcement, public announcement to say that we have this goal, so we are more intentional about it. We are committed to this and we made it work. That is that so. is that is great. That is actually very nice. My last question to you today uh, would be how a recruiter professional can be inclusive when they are reaching out to a candidate. 
we try and uh, you know bring in some um, uh, some sessions for exclusively for recruiters so mm. they can follow some inclusive hiring practices mm. i think the first thing would be uh, you know just trying to use an inclusive language you know okay. um, sometimes it's a little uncomfortable to ask the person you know how they want to be referred to so you can just use they them mm. rather than assuming that it's a he or a she for starters i think that would be a great practice and through the conversation you know exploring more trying to understand you know what is that they are looking for from a workspace point of view if it's you know person with a disability what kind of support would they need hmm. to, in order for them to be more successful to contribute better right trying to sort of you know gauge that through the conversation and being able to provide that input through the rest of the hiring community hmm. right because it's not just recruiters who are involved in the interview process it's hiring managers it's interviewers so trying to sensitize you know across the board whoever is involved in the interview process i think that would be a good uh, practice to follow that's a great answer actually i wanted to also shed some light on acid attack survivors so thought was is focusing more on lot of spectrum of disability so i we yeah. touched on women returnee people with disability lgbtq yeah. uh women in tech would you like to share some more uh, some other aspect of diversity that you are working on so we also hire uh, people from different backgrounds uh technological backgrounds that's one aspect the other aspect is uh, educational background mm. and the third aspect is also socially economic weaker sections of the society so uh, when we look at hiring for software developers mm. we don't look at java specialist or c sharp specialist we look at for software programmers who are good with their fundamentals <laughs> okay. so it's more like if you're a python developer it's not that you can't make it mm. uh, you know in thoughtworks in fact we started off a reskilling program where we felt like our projects need java for example but people in the market might be interested to learn that technology mm. they might not be good at it today but they might be willing to learn that technology mm. so we hire them and we also through an onboard program help them learn newer technologies that is needed on projects so that's on the technology diversity right the other one is um educational diversity uh typically you would see companies going into btex and hmm. you know computer science to hire people we also go to polytechnics to hire diploma okay. holders we run this program called step hmm. uh, software technology excellence program where we go to polytechnics hire people put them on a two year long internship but mm -hmm. alongside that also help them finish their graduation so through that internship they get their stipend and they also get access to free education free uh, bachelor's degree and many of them actually join thoughtworks as full time employees after two years of internship uh, the third angle of diversity that i talked about is you know people from socially you know weaker sections of the society so we partner with matram mm -hmm. it's an ngo uh, and they help deserving students get internships get free education so we partner with them to hire them as interns and you know take them through a uh, an internship and then a full time opportunity as well thank you so much for sharing the dia aspects with me thank you i'm yeah. very very happy to interview today and i'm very proud of the work you all have pulled off thank you so much wonderful very organization nice. to learn from and keep sharing your learning Absolutely. with us so we all can practice as well thanks maria Absolutely. for being here thank you ankita